0: I'm in the kitchen of Amelia Jane Hunter's Manchester house and I've been away all day and I've just come home and the whole house, including the hallway out the front door, smells of deliciousness. (laughs) Amelia, (laughs) what are you cooking?
1: Well, I call it sort of the welcoming meal. It's slow-cooked, shoulder of lamb, rubbed in garlic, lemon rind, olive oil, salt and love
0: (laughs) and you cook a lot what's your relationship with food like or what's it been like over your life fantastic I mean I was fortunate my mum and
1: dad had a garden or my dad really and we used to go out and collect cow shit from the paddocks and bring it back in the back of the Holden and uh, he'd mulch the gardens with it and I remember only tomatoes beans and shitload of broad beans came out of it but it was organic before you know that was a key word in everyone's fucking diatribe uh, and so we always ate well and mum always tried new things from Women's Weekly. Oh yes, we're going to have curry. So that was always fun and uh, yeah, all of our family stuff has always been around food and ceremony and cooking and drinking
0: maximum amount of wine during preparation time. Speaking of which, I've got
1: to get myself a beer.
0: Okay, so I'm following Amelia over to her Manchester White upright fridge. She's reaching in and she has a blue can in her hand. What is this?
1: Well, because I thought it was a special occasion you being here, being able to cook dinner, having a night off, I thought I'd go full bogan and uh, purchase a four pack of Foster's 440 mils. Yeah. As vulgar as ever. Mmm. I have to say no judgement please down under. The export quality is terrific like, you can smell the yeastiness. And you can smell the 70s when your dad used to go, go and get me a KB from the fridge. Only if I can have the first sip. Yeah, all right. And it'll go with lamb, won't it? Well, it'll go with the preparation of lamb. <laughs> it's slow-cooked, Meeks. It's four hours and I've only got four beers. And, well, somebody will be going back to the bottle shop. That's a given.
0: Uh, but it, it it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to take you back. I don't want to take you away from your food because I know it's a delicate procedure. Mm-hmm. And you're slow cooking the lamb and you have some organic veggies that will go in soon. But I want to ask you, I want to take you back to your bushwalking days in the Northern Territory. Now you used to cook the tucker as a bush territory tour guide. You used to cook the tucker for German, English, Dutch, Australian tourists as you were taking them up to camp for weeks. What did you cook them?
1: Well it's true, they weren't so much tourists, they were bushwalkers. And there weren't so much German. There was one Austrian who was an asshole. and I got into a punch-up with him on a remote area airstrip, but that's another story. But it was Australians and they were all really outdoorsy kind of, you know, bushwalkers, gutsy enough to come on these walks. And because they were a remote area, you had to, like, keep your weight right down in your backpack. So we dehydrated all of our own veggies in these big dehydrators, well, mainly the boss did. But we also bought in stuff when the walks were really busy. So, you're sort of limited, but not with the use of spices and flavours. So, my favourite was always like a red lentil curry with dehydrated broccoli, sweet potato, pumpkin. And farts? Farts? Oh, well, there was always poo jokes inevitably on any bushwalk or any outdoor pursuit where there's high fibre diets, intake of water, and people are happy for the first time in their life. And so, because we practice minimal impact, you know, take any photos, leave any footprints, and we are really, well, I'm very strict. Ask any of my clients, and they'll go, Oh, Jesus, did she do the bloody, you know, display of how to dig a hole? Oh, for goodness sake. So, you know, you've got to dig a hole and, you know, do your business, burn your toilet paper, not on the fire while people are eating around it. Thanks, Bob. True, <laughs> true. Like big wads of dirty shit. You know, at seven fifteen in the morning. It's like, oh, Bob, the smoke's coming over my face. Put another log on the fire. <laughs> exactly, literally. Um, so after a while, people would say, oh, for goodness' sake, I, did, I, I didn't just dig a hole. I, did, I dug a bloody trench because I would feed them brown rice, you know, and burgle, and you know, semolina and. You know, sort of better alternatives to probably, you know, refined white flour products, you know.
0: Were there ever, ever any complaints of the, about the food? Never.
1: Never on my walks,
0: never. Is because they were afraid of you?
1: <laughs> no. Well, no, maybe a little bit, but they got over it and realised, you know, their lives were in my hand and it was, it, it was better that they got, were on the good side of me.
0: Lentils or nothing?
1: Lentils or bed, basically. And you can go and sulk and stick another fucking muesli bar in your mouth.
0: So, what's it like cooking out in remote territory landscapes? That must be pretty special. I mean, we're in a Manchester kitchen. It smells great, Mm. but this is pretty regular, I guess, in Mm. most Western experiences. What's it like out out bush in in the territory, cooking up um, a big pot of something for, you know, bushwalkers?
1: Well, we stay in the most beautiful parts of the world. Like, I would be cooking on top of a waterfall, like three tiers, and it would look down the Mitchell River, or we'd be in you know a really small little gully. And but cooking out bush is just it was gorgeous. So it's, especially if you got the right wood, or you did it on rock, you just got sand, and you just sit there, and everyone sort of gathers around the hearth and talks about their day, and bandages their ankles, and you know just lets their balls hang out onto the warm rock, and just learn how to just cover it with a sarong. That would have been special. It was really special too when Paul, the barrister from Melbourne, came up and he was a really tall guy. He was about six foot three, really hairy, gets around the camp in his Teva sandals, you know, the Velcro numbers. He just had a T-shirt on and he came over and I was sort of crouched down around the campfire sort of tending to the wood because you can only cook on, like, hot coals. Flame will just burn the shit out of everything. And so I was like you know, really focused on the fire and then I turn around and his balls are right in my face and he's like spread his leg and gone, Amelia, is there a tick here? And he's got his balls in one hand and his perineum and his anus, like not even inches, centimetres from my face. And and was and there? Yes, there was and I got it out for him. But I was like, Jesus, Paul, this wasn't in the job description. <laughs> <laughs> They don't tell you about that, do they, when you become a tour guide? Well, I always think, I, I've, I love my life so much because there's copious times, I think, if anyone in the world was thinking, I wonder what Amelia's up to now, and they could instantly have that vision of me retrieving a tick from hairy Paul's perineum. Successfully, too, and I applied tea tree oil afterwards so there'd be no infection. I said, well, it might get a bit itchy, Paul, so. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, you're right about that. Anyway, that's that. That's just one night in the kitchen. So.
0: Some foil. Are you a fan of resting meat?
1: Oh, it has to rest for at least 40 minutes. But we'll see how we go. We've got plenty of things to entertain
0: us. Don't you love alfoil?
1: I do love alfoil. I feel like it's, you know, it's just... It's like a sauna. You're having just a good steam in there. Now, this won't even be close to being done. So we're in the
0: kitchen with Amelia Jane Hunter. I never thought I'd be recording you cooking. We've got a cooking segment.
1: I love cooking, and you and I have had some very successful meals together. And for me, I mean, I've always loved food. I've always loved hospitality and cooking for people. And for me, it's, it's paramount anywhere I live to have... The kitchen has to be the social place as well, because for me, sitting up on a bench, having a glass of wine or a beer or, you know, a milkshake and talking to mum, whether I was 10, you know, 16, or now 43, um, it's a beautiful thing. And I love my friends to come over because there's things like the smell of the kitchen, you know, the quick access to the cold wine in the fridge, um, and just the smell and the heart of the home. Be careful, yes, don't burn your hands. I won't, but did you see, talking of bushwalking and being close to my other, like my bushwalking kitchen is really high temperature open fire. And you see my hands are really aged because they've been so exposed to high heats. Wow. And I was a guide for 16 years, that's, you know. That's
0: so true. Yeah. They're you look really like you've got kind of slightly burnt skin on the top of your hands. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Meeks. No, but I I mean it in a a nice way. (laughs) I know. I absolutely
1: agree. These ain't hands for holding.
0: Yes, Uh, they are. They're good hands. But um, I can see what you're talking about. That's amazing. Mm.
1: But you know what? If if it meant that going back through time, I would have nice hands but not have those experiences, hey, these hands have done lovely things and picked up hot billies. And that's why I just held that tray without thinking that you're going to burn your hands again. I had no napkin in my hand, Sorry, Mum, but... It's all right, Mrs Hunter. She's, it's
0: OH&S safe now. Thank you, meals.
1: It's my pleasure. I can't wait for you to actually try this meal because I love cooking for friends. I love to be cooked for, and I love to cook for you.
0: My turn next time.
1: It's on. We're having a, a rotating dinner party.
0: Cook off. Ah. So. Oh, in foil. That's
1: everything. Pretty good, huh?